When you make classic podcasts all the time, you know that what you put in your ears is of the utmost importance. That's why I love Sonos and the new Sonos Move. Move is the premium portable smart speaker for listening all around your home and outdoors. You can stream No Dunks and other much worse podcasts, music, radio, audiobooks, and more with Wi-Fi or Bluetooth and experience clearly detailed sound and rich bass for up to 11 hours with Move's long-lasting battery and durable, weather-resistant design. Just pick Move up off its indoor charging base and bring the sound with you from room to room. You can listen to No Dunks while you shower and make breakfast. You can put on No Dunks to focus in your home office. Enjoy some No Dunks on your patio or in the backyard. With automatic true play tuning, you can be sure Move sounds great no matter where you are or which classic episode of No Dunks you're listening to. Switch Move to Bluetooth mode to stream anywhere Wi-Fi doesn't reach or to enjoy richer sound for video calls from your phone or computer. Plus, Sonos works with all your streaming services. And control is simple with the Sonos app, Apple AirPlay 2, or your voice using Amazon Alexa or Google Assistant while on Wi-Fi. You can also stream thousands of stations, including live radio from around the world and original programming, free from Sonos Radio through the app. And of course, you can connect Move to other Sonos speakers around your home over Wi-Fi to create your perfect sound system and enjoy listening to no dunks in more rooms. Sonos is simple to set up and it sounds incredible. Y'all know I love catching deep bass, but Sonos' deep bass caught my attention and my wife's. After I set up our Sonos, she walked upstairs and said, something sounds different. I looked her straight in the eyes and told her, that's Sonos, baby. Now she agrees that Sonos is the best way to listen to every No Dunks classic. Tass's baritone sounds its fullest. Lee's accent even more charming. My cackle comes through clear as a bell. So head to Sonos.com to learn more and get your Sonos move today. See how heat does come out of the top of your head? Look at it. Just coming off of Nate's head there. That's where it escapes. If you have heat in your body and you want to let it out, you take your hat off. You could have a barbecue on that head. I mean, you could cook like some burgers on there. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Thursday, September 10th. I'm J.E. Skeets, and joining us live, as always, Tass Mellis. Hey, everybody. Hey, Tassie. We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. hey hey The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Lee And last but not least, making the magic happen, J.D. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to everyone joining us live right now on YouTube and or anyone out there listening to the podcast or watching this later in the day. Thank you so much for joining us. Keep your questions and your comments coming for Beach Steppin' Podcast. We dropped one yesterday. A lot of fun. Make sure you go listen to that one. But email us your questions so we can continue to make classics. No dunks at theathletic.com or tweet them in at no dunks inc all right we got the up down report a little bit later but we start with the games and we start with a beauty the raptors survive the celtics in double overtime fashion and force a game seven zaza baby we're going to game seven baby game seven game seven 
Game seven, indeed. <laughs> it was always going to be this way. I've said this before, Tass, with games like this, when we get into double overtime thrillers, they're next to impossible for me to like break down because I can't remember when things were happening. <laughs> End of regulation, first overtime, second overtime. There's so many big plays in this game, shots, um, turnovers, you know, interesting calls or non-calls from the official. It's a mess. It's a jumble in my head. So please... What's your big takeaway? Do you are you in the same boat as me, or can you uh, you know make a little more sense of this crazy, crazy, entertaining game? We are only capable of processing forty eight minutes of basketball. <laughs> right. It's it's totally true. When you go back and you look at what happened, or you read stories on the athletic about it, you see, whoa, that happened. Whoa, that happened. <laughs> it, 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 these these memories come flooding back that happened eight minutes ago, but it just seemed like. In this game of the bubble, game of the playoffs, game of the 1920 season so far, it just seems like there was backbreaking moment after backbreaking moment. It should have ended so many times. Right. Uh, But I'm glad that it ended the way it did. The players decided it. I know everybody was Mm. griping about referees at the end of the fourth quarter, and maybe there was a (laughs) makeup call for a non call. Totally, that could be the case. I don't care. I like basketball more than I like referees. If you want to talk about, if you want to talk about the referees, go listen to the last two minutes podcast where they break down line by line what happened in the last couple minutes. Is there a podcast called that? No, because basketball is better than referees. Mm. And I think in the end, uh, the Celtics missed a great chance to end this series because the good thing about trying to wrap your head around this game, Skeets, is that. There weren't a lot of baskets towards the end of the game. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, good point. <laughs> and so there weren't that many moments. The Celtics just had such an opportunity with the Raptors not hitting a bucket for the last 424 of regulation. That is bonkers. 17 <laughs> points of a fourth quarter game in a closeout opportunity for the Celtics. I think the Celtics are really, really going to regret missing this one. I think it's just going to give the Raptors momentum going into game seven. Like it did after OG Ananobi hit that game three big shot going Mm. into game four. Plus, you got guys going, uh, which sort of reminded me last year, the guys who weren't going for the Toronto Raptors until Kawhi dragged them along and then they finally started going. Fred Van Vliet was terrible in the first couple series and then he found his way after the Raptors started winning, and that's how it felt for with Marcus Sol hitting his first three against the Boston Celtics this season. (laughs) But Norman the big Powell. story, yeah, Norman right. Powell. The big story yeah. is absolutely Norman Powell. Kyle Lowry got them there, but Norman Powell, uh, you, nobody liked this shot. I saw Lee very upset at the end of the first overtime <laughs> with that isolation. But Norman Powell, 10 points in the second overtime. I had to look that set up again. He had 10 points in a five-minute Period. That is bonkers. Can we call him Norm now, Skeets? Yes. Gotta be Norm. That's Norm with an exclamation mark for sure. He had been Norman for a good chunk of this uh, bubble run, really, and then into the postseason. Yeah, that was amazing. 23 points on, what was it, 11 shots. And like you said, 15 in the... uh, in the overtime periods. And yeah, you're right, Lee. I mean, I tweeted it as well. Didn't love the... I, I loved the ISO on Kemba. I like that. I mean, that's the weakest defender on the Celtics. Go at him. I just thought Norm completely just bailed him out with the uh, sort of step back three. It was just like, you could have got a better look, for sure. You didn't need a three, of course. But uh, he made up for it. Doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> and I will say with this game, Tass, I don't know, I'm interested to hear your thoughts as a Raptors fan. It just felt... Like every quarter and then into every overtime, this is what it felt like. 
uh-oh, Raptors are down three or four. Oh, that was a big play by the Celtics. Uh-oh, I'm freaking out. I think the season's over. Oh, wait, the Celtics have the ball. They score here. <laughs> it's really over. Oh, wait, somehow they turned it over. We got a steal. Raptors hit a shot. We're still alive. We're still alive. That's what it felt like. No doubt. I don't know, like 20 times in this game, I'll admit. <laughs> I'll admit, early on, Brad Wanamaker hitting some threes. I was like, <laughs> I don't know. Skeets was grishing it hard in the I first half. I was big time grishing it hard, man. When he hit the second three, and the Raptors legit <laughs> looked like they were playing underwater basketball. That's what it looked like. It was so slow. Everything was such, such a difficult shot. Nothing was easy, of course. Celtics defense, I mean, everywhere. I did not like the chances. And like again, like all game long, I was like, I don't know. It's like you get to four or five like that, you know, in obviously late minutes. It's like, oh my God, they have, everything has to go right here. They have to get a stop, and they did a lot of the times, and then they have to score, and, you know, big, big shots from a lot of guys. OG, big shots, obviously, Kyle, huge. Just, I mean, there are three huge buckets for him late in these games, in the games. I mean, games, I say regulation, overtime, and double overtime, and then playoff P, but, uh, that was a wait. That did was you a just call Norm playoff P? Yes, yes. Playoff. I Powell. love it. I love it. He uh, he showed up. Norm did. Uh, who cares about missing that set, that shot at the end of overtime? Yeah. It was a terrible play, but you know it was a tie game and there was no time left on the clock. You kind of got what you wanted. It would have been awesome if it went in, but whatever. He came and showed up just like Norman Powell does. Once a playoffs, he's gonna <laughs> yep. just win you a game. And luckily for the Raptors, it was in a must-win game six. That was just. That was awesome to watch, but you're exactly right, Taz. How do you keep track of the things that happen? Here's how you do it. Subscribe to The Athletic at theathletic.com slash nodunks and read all the great work from the Raptors and Celtics writers because, yep. yeah, I forgot Grant Williams making two corner threes. I was like, what? Grant Williams is making threes? This thing is over. But so much happened in this game. Uh, and for me, it just comes down to Lowry. That guy, man. That guy is incredible. Oh. He just put the team on his back. He played nearly... 54 minutes. Nobody came out for the Raptors, basically, in the second half and overtime. And Lowry just, you know, a post-up shot, basically, to win the game. A super mm-hmm. fadeaway to win the game. That was incredible, man. That guy, he, I, I don't know. I won't say anything bad about Chris Paul, but I'll take Kyle Lowry in the last three minutes of the game. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what? Ziller summed this up, I thought, perfectly. Because we're going to head to a game seven Friday night. Nine o'clock start Eastern time. Lily. Going to have to have an espresso on Friday night for this one. But yeah, he said it best. If Boston does win this series, wraps in seven, still happening, the Celtics will have to earn it. And that is what makes this enjoyable, this game. It wasn't, you know, after that letdown game five, some teams may have just rolled over and died and said, here you go. Okay, you're a good team. You're an awesome team, the Celtics are. Uh, you're going to your conference finals, you young guns. Okay, have, have at it. But they don't. They, like, refuse to just give it to you. You have to snatch it from them, take it from them, earn it from them. And, uh, you know, time and time again throughout this game, it was there for the taking, and then the Raptors would make a huge, huge play. Again, I think overall got the benefit of the whistle a little bit, Lee. I will say it. There's some obviously questionable, like, no calls or calls going against them. Both teams got some, uh, you know, bogus, bogus calls. But, <laughs> yeah, they survive. They just survive. And they are the defending champs. It's cool to see a defending champion, if they do go down even, to go down like this. You've got to kill them. You yeah. have to. You know, they're zombies right now. And uh, we'll see <laughs> yeah. if the Celtics can do it in Game 7 come Friday night. But what did, what do you think about this? In the second overtime, the Celtics had four dunks, a floater in the lane, and two three-pointers, and somehow lost 
this game. That, right. to me, was, was incredible. Daniel Tice had three dunks, and J- Jason Tatum had a breakaway dunk. Fred Van Vliet gave way one of the silliest turnovers by stepping on the half-court line. Oh. You know, oh. the fact the Raptors yeah. could... You know, again, it's okay if you miss shots, if they're, if they're reasonable shots. You're like, you know, it's a tough game, people are tired. But when you just give away possessions like that, that can be a killer. So for the Raptors to somehow pull this off, and, and really, Norm Powell, I mean, yeah, we, we, we talk about that shot there at the end of the first overtime, not a good shot, but... That steal on Jason Tatum to go down and then get a three-point play on Marcus Smart and convert and then hit those two free throws again late. He stepped up massively, massively for his team when they needed it. And that, I mean, that's what the Raptors have been missing throughout this series is, is a game like that from Norm Power, and he delivered. Mm-hmm. But the star is uh, Kyle Lowry because the Raptors down four, and you know, about a minute and a half in, and he just drove that boost into the lane and gave them a layup. <laughs> and then after seeing what happened at the end of the first overtime... When they needed that last basket, and it was him, and it was again on Kemba Walker, and he went inside, and a, you know, not a great shot, but it was like <laughs> we're going down on my watch, yeah, basically, yeah. and that's uh, and and then yeah, they're up by two points anyway, so they weren't. That wasn't like a do or die basket right then anyway. They still had a chance, but I think Kyle, because if you look at that end of that that first overtime when Norm takes a shot, Kyle does kind of like, oh man, I don't know if that was the best thing we could have done here, but anyway, that was in the past. In the moment, Kyle stepped up, hit that shot, and uh, I mean that again is just incredible leadership and courage from a guy who's played about eight thousand minutes in the last uh, week or so. Like everyone has on these two teams, I mean the Celtics deserve as much praise for their uh, for their fighting, for their battling, and everything in this game in this series because they have just given the Raptor blow after blow after blow. And they're still, and the Raptors just keep coming back. Uh, it's an standing. incredible series. They're wobbling, series. but they're standing, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's an incredible series. But the fact that the Raptors just keep on coming back, and Fred Van Vliet said that after the game, is like, no matter how many of these blows that are kind of deflating and they sort of knock the wind out of us, we just have to come back and swing again. And that's what they did. An incredible job. And uh, and uh, Nick Nurse making a nice little play there, causing a turnover for the Celtics. <laughs> oh, as well. wow. How funny! How funny was that? Because we talked about that earlier in this series. Yeah. I brought up the thing, like you know, he gets down there, he's barking away, he's trying to influence the officials a little bit late in games. And this one, he just took it to the next level. Yeah, parked in the corner. He was on the floor. And- He's yeah, on the he court, was. and I, you know, Tatum, I think, thought it was a guy on his team, and maybe Chuck's it right there, yeah. I, I think Tatum absolutely thought it was yeah. his teammate, the way that he passed the ball there, and I think Nick Nurse knew he kind of was like a little bit close because you see him running off pretty quickly after that. So yeah. I wonder if there'll be any adjustment maybe made by the uh, by the league to say, all right, coaches, you got to stand back a little bit or something. I don't know. There maybe should be, because that was yeah. a little ridiculous. Yeah. That, yeah. they got to tell him, hey, man, stay in your box. You're yeah. an innovator. You got the box in one, you got the triangle in two, but the five plus one, that's not happening anymore. Because, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was a clutch situation. That's yeah. kind of brutal for the Celtics, but, I mean, also don't pass it to the guy wearing pants. Yeah, yeah. It's true. Yeah. true. There also was a seven-footer in between <laughs> you know, Nick Nurse and Jason Tatum that he just threw the ball past. He didn't. He, Jason Tatum had a bad bad second half and, yep. and, and a couple overtimes. He had six turnovers after halftime right, and, right. and that's just going to eat at him and that's uh, it was it was hard to watch uh, some of those plays. I think one of the reasons why this was such a great game was because Nurse and Brad Stevens went with their guys late in this game. Uh, the last sub 
that Brad Stevens made was 23 seconds left in the third quarter and just left the guys flowing for the rest of the game. And and Nurse basically matched that as well. 8.22 left of the fourth was his last sub uh, when the Raptors went crazy small with OG Ananobi in for Serge Ibaka at the center spot. And that hurt them. Lee mentioned the, the dunks by Daniel Tice. Uh, the, that's who their OG Ananobi was guarding, uh, no doubt. Um, the clutch shots just came up with for the reps. And I think Nurse has to be given credit for, yeah, uh, that, that Norman Powell was the same play that they ran. I think it was the first play, sorry, the first game of the season against the New Orleans Pelicans. They ran the exact same thing. Hey, Norm, you do this. Right. At the end of the first overtime, they just gave him the ball. And then the confidence, <laughs> is it a coincidence? He had his best five-minute stretch uh, of the series, the, his best game of the series. I don't think so. They needed somebody. Uh, they needed some points from somebody. And that's why I think the Celtics got to be worried. Not only Powell, but Gasol, two dudes that couldn't score for the life of them, uh, you know, really came through in this game. And I, and I like, I don't know if you guys saw this one, Mark Gasol didn't go into the game. Uh, he was supposed to be subbed in at the end of the, towards the end of the second quarter, but Serge Ibaka was just hot. So Gasol's like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not so good right now. Uh, while he was <laughs> Even with my in, haircut, tried, I'm not so good right now. Yeah, he tried to tear that jersey and it wasn't yeah. looking good. Uh, he, was, he was like us when we tried to do that jersey tear on the starters. Yeah, it's not ah! easy. Yeah. No, it doesn't. You, gotta, you need a pre-Hulk Hogan tear for sure. <laughs> Sorry, are you done there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, got, I could talk for years, but I'm going to let somebody else talk. Well, well Marcus Gasol hitting a big three late. I mean, that just... And, and Marcus Gasol actually played better last night. He only didn't play many minutes, only 16, I think, in the end. But I think his actual 16 minutes were better than what we've seen for, for the oh, rest of the series. I God, mean, and, yeah. You know, for a veteran like that, I mean, you've, you've got to at least play him out there, but uh, not give him too many minutes if he's not playing well. But... Thank God he finally hit a shot and just sort of uh, finally delivered because you know he's a legend. He's just having a rough, rough time. Not a great matchup this series. So for him to actually contribute, it was just a beautiful moment. It was a beautiful thing to see last night. (laughs) The Raptors got contributions from a lot of these guys. You said surge. You're right, Tass. I think it's overlooked in this crazy game, this thriller. The the surge impact where he, he he caught fire from three and sort of kept the Raptors alive. OG, I thought, played phenomenal. He hit big shots, of course, uh, down the stretch. Norm, we've talked about. Kyle, motherfucking dog. He's incredible. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just like the, even Van Vliet, you know, not a great night from him. Look, Siakam, uh, amazing defense. Hit one good shot late. <laughs> you know, baseline, I guess, jumper there. Did you see CJ McCollum's tweet? CJ no. McCollum tweeted, Kyle's got to stop passing to Buddy. Pretty sure I knew who he was talking about. He just yeah. called Pascal Siakam buddy. Yeah, he just couldn't find it. Oh man, it was, it was just he off. was leaving them short. That was a problem. Everyone he was going, he was pushing rather than shooting the yes. ball, like like yeah. hoping it would go in rather than shooting with any confidence. And and that's the thing. Again, a credit to the way Jalen Brown has played him largely in this series is like Siakam has not had any easy opportunities. So now he gets in there and he's like he kind of forgets what to do, you know, by just sort of throwing it up there. And he's like, is this going to go in? And, uh, oh, my God, when they leave him on the front of the rim like that. This game was, uh, like, the emotions. I probably wasn't the best father of the year last night, I have to say. On my son's fourth birthday, you know, I'm trying to play Lego. I'm trying to be a good dad, but I'm just like, oh, my God, will you put the ball in the... It just brings brings out such incredible emotions. And, uh, And the thing is, the funny thing is, kids, I think you tweeted this earlier in the series... This Celtics team is not the Paul Pierce Celtics team, whether it's easy to hate those guys. No, no. 
Kemba, Jalen, Jason, Marcus Smart as well for me. Like these guys are like I, I kind of I really respect these for guys. Sure. The I hundred percent agree with that. Um, so when they're you know when they're in that position, you're like oh, I mean obviously you're going for the Raptors, but Jesus, like you sort of want the Celtics to <laughs> do well as well. So it's a it's an emotional roller coaster. I tell you. Oh what. my God! I'd like to say this about Siakam, five and nineteen. 0 for 5 from 3. Now, he brought it defensively. I mean, sure. he did. He did. he played a ton of minutes. He played more minutes than Kyle Lowry in this game, which is pretty mind-boggling. 54 minutes. But with him, at times, as the go-to guy, I regret anything bad I ever said about DeMar DeRozan's days as a Toronto Raptor <laughs> and his clutch play. I do. And I've uh, said uh, you know my fair share of things, uh, criticizing him from some decisions late when he was the Raptors' go-to guy. My God, <laughs> Siakam isn't even close to a Demar Derozan. It's tough. It's tough, and that's why you needed these contributions from the other guys chipping in because he can't get anything going. Again, hit the shot. Hit one big shot. It's big. Every shot counts uh, down the stretch there. But that was really it. Besides he was the defense, brutal yeah. man. It looked. It almost looked like he was point shaving out there. The way he was. He was missing layups all the time. Yeah. Like he was getting open shots, and the guy was still missing layups. But the good thing for the Celtics is that Jason Tatum really isn't out playing Siakam in the past no. couple of games. They've done a very good job on Tatum making his shots tough and. Kemba Walker played 52 minutes and scored five points. How does that happen? That's a tough, uh, that's some pretty good defense if you're the Raptors. You know, they definitely like to switch things up. And obviously they're making it a point to playing a little bit smaller. Makes it uh, tougher for Kemba to get those easy step-in three-pointers, those easy jump shots. So they threw him off a little bit and it has been big. You know, he's had an up and down series. He's had a great game, then a bad game, then a great game, then a bad game. So you know, if coming into Game 7, you got to be feeling a little confident that Kemba will bounce back. But the Raptors have done a really good job taking away the best offensive players on the Celtics. Oh, for yeah. sure. And when Kemba, I mean, late in the game, uh, don't ask me when it was, but Kemba, a rough night all night, you're right. Great job from the defense. Uh, you know, there was some box and one, of course, and just completely just trying to shut him down, giving him the Curry treatment there in the finals. But he got matched up on OG Tass and... He cooked him. He he went to like a beautiful step back. Oh, gee, incredible defender. Hit that. And I was like, uh oh, you know, now now Kemba's here. Oh, great. You know, that's huge. That might be it. And somehow they still pull this out. But what did you think? Uh, let, let's ask this. You know, I know the Beantown boys need us to ask this. We got to talk about the Kemba play. Yeah, Kemba. Was he fouled, you know, late there in overtime? Did, did they swallow the whistle on that one? What's your opinion with that the end call of, there? The end of regulation. Regulation. Geez, I can't keep track. I understand. I understand. He Listen, he had a, it was a rough night up until that point. I like the, uh, the, uh, the the contrast in the reports from the coaches because they were playing box and one on Kemba Walker. Nick Nurse said, yeah, we're playing box and one. We're taking away a lot of his stuff. Brad Stevens said, we're getting a lot of good looks because they were playing box and yeah, one. I, right, I like right. these guys. And they're, apparently they're hanging out even in the in the bubble in, in the hotels, according to Sam Amick. Brad Stevens and Nick Nurse, amicable, but then on the court. They don't like each other. They don't mm. like these box and ones. But yeah, two seconds left. Uh, what I talked about off the top, uh, with Kemba Walker and the OG Ananobi non-call, mm. shooting call. Those two plays, they're back-to-back. Two seconds left and 0.9 seconds left at the end of regulation. I like how the referee swallowed the whistle on the Kemba Walker play. Uh, I know he was hit. He was definitely hit, uh, but he also had a chance at a layup. And it was, he had to finish that play. I, I think he... You don't want to finish this game on free throws. To me, uh, I, I, I know it sounds sort of stupid and talking to both sides of my mouth, but at the same time, he could have finished that. And he got up and he started yelling, 
Monty, Monty, at Monty McCutcheon, who's the vice president of referee development and training, according right. to uh, the athletic reporting, who's sitting there courtside. He wasn't yelling at the referees, but he's yelling at the guy who runs the referees. The supervisor, yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I, there was a sort of a makeup call on the other end because it was a, an alley-oop attempt from Marcus Gasol inbound to OG Ananobi, who touched the ball at the rim, and it wasn't called a shooting foul. Yeah. Again, I liked how it wasn't decided on free throws there probably should have been more time put on the clock instead of 0.9 there's like 1.9 really uh for the last uh, ditch attempt by pascal siakam uh but it wasn't a shooting attempt either he i know you people the raptors fans equally as mad what is he doing up there if he's not shooting he also didn't have the ball in a shooting motion He, he barely touched the ball uh so it's it's an odd one for sure but i like in both instances whether it's a makeup call and a makeup call i like the fact that uh, this makeup call isn't sort of what happened in game three of Milwaukee, Miami, where the game was decided by free throws. Right. I think Kemba could, could have finished it, and OG wasn't necessarily a shooting foul. It's, it's, it's dumb, but I don't like free throws to end games. And uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I do think, don't you guys think that Kemba could have finished oh, yes, it? If, yes, I, yeah, if he didn't get fouled. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the argument, right? Yeah, he could have yeah. finished it if he didn't get fouled. Uh I side on the same side as you, Tass. Swallow your whistle late in the game, but that was a foul. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the, the the thing is, both of them were fouls, uh, and both should have been shooting. I mean, that's, you know, I, I understand that we don't want an anticlimactic end, for sure. But Kemba got hit while he's going for a layup. That's why he missed, predominantly why he missed the layup. He should have been shooting. And then the OG thing, it's like, well, I just, I just don't understand how it can't be a shooting foul if uh, if he's called for a foul in that position. Like, what is he? What else is he possibly trying to do? They well, call shooting. The they call yet. shooting fouls on lobs but, all the time. You're yeah, rightly, all yeah, the time. But that, that's <laughs> yeah. So I, I, you know, it's it's frustrating to see that. But again, the Celtics had a right to complain. But again, you should never. <laughs> I mean, the makeup call is the most frustrating call as well, uh, because it's like, well, we didn't call it the other end, so we're not going to call it this end. I mean. That's the old two wrongs don't make a right. But uh, ultimately, listen, the Raptors won the game, so it didn't matter. But it is frustrating when you're like, well, there's clearly a foul there. And then on the other end, it's like, that's clearly a shooting foul. Mm-hmm. And they, so, they really wanted to start that OG play real quick. We didn't even see a replay on the broadcast. They just inbounded the ball. The referees did. <laughs> and we didn't get an extra second. There was literally a second. Mark Jackson said it on the broadcast. A second ticked off. Right. Uh, yeah. They could have got a, a better look. Mm-hmm. It could have been a makeup call, no doubt. Um, but he wasn't. He also wasn't shooting. I, I, I don't know which. Like you're saying, Skeets. I guess they're called an alley oop calls, but he touched the ball and was hit. He wasn't shooting. I oh, <laughs> I get. I mean, I get it. I'm just saying you have definitely watched games before where a guy throws an alley oop to somebody and the guy fouls him in the process of the alley oop to yeah, prevent it, it, and they yeah. call it a shooting foul. Yeah, I mean. We've seen that call before. You're, you're not right. You're not wrong. Excuse me. I mean, look, I get, again, I will say, I think the Raps got the better whistle. If you added them all up, I think they did. I, I, I truly do believe that. I'll admit that. Um, but there's a lot, you know, the Tatum flagrant. Oh, we, we could get into that if we want. You know, a little crazy there. But then we had Lowry, you know, his chin being busted open. And we had smart flopping everywhere, of course. Lowry loves to do it too. The OG <laughs> foul. We got Nurse in the middle. There's a lot of craziness going on here. Um, did it even out just enough? Or did the Raps, uh, you know, pull ahead a little bit? I think the Raps, just by a little bit, got the better <laughs> whistle. But I don't give a sh- because I remember Raptors seasons where we had about five games it felt like taken away from us because of crap calls. So 
for me, this is just <laughs> perfect. I mean, it's finally back to the, it's it's, a, it's veered back to the Raptors side of things. But uh, the uh, yeah. the amount of times there was multiple bodies just on the floor last night, especially towards the mm-hmm. end, was hilarious. Like guys would hit each other, and then you'd look. Sometimes you know one team would be in transition. There'd be two or three bodies just on the ground at the other end. I mean, everyone was just so exhausted. Uh, it, it was a it was amazing to see that. And uh, but again, that just shows the physicality of this series and, and guys are certainly also trying to then you know get the flop and get the uh yeah. embellishment from the referees and uh it's funny to see but yeah the, the the jason tatum technical foul was a pretty big point for the raptors to get out of, out of nothing there because they don't you know they they don't call the foul on jason tatum they call the original foul i think it was on og but then because he sort of whacked him in the mouth or the or the face there they call that a sort of tech foul afterwards so that was uh, that was interesting because I don't think there was any intention, and not not that that matters these days. I mean, you hit someone in the head, you basically get a tech foul. But then the Kaya one you're talking about, in the in real time, it looked like Kaya was flopping. But then you look at the replay, and he gets whacked in the chin. Yeah, that's so, uh, boy that cried wolf there, right there. Though. Exactly, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. You're always yeah. flopping, Kyle. Oh, yeah. the one you actually got hit, and you need stitches for. Sorry, yeah, I thought you were yeah. flopping. It yeah. caught up with him in the end, yeah. but uh, but but again, none, neither of those I thought were malicious or anything like no. that. It's just. Arms are flying around and they get hit sometimes. I think maybe two things save the Raptors' seasons here. Let's talk about them. One, my man Trey coming through with the <laughs> Bargnani jersey. Hashtag Stan with Skeets. It was a it was a halftime or I guess into the second half that he posted. Always. And uh, it's undefeated. You standing in a Bargnani jersey, undefeated. We're going to have to wait and see what happens for game seven here. You know, it's a <laughs> oh, tough game. Man. It's a tough game. I don't want to make my call. Am I sitting or am I standing? <laughs> what it, about the it, braid? Save it, save it. Save it. Oh, I braid? kept the braid in. Oh. Oh, yeah, I slept in the braid. Uh, I'm not going to have this braid out until uh, the Raptors are eliminated from the playoffs. It's like uh, I'm a cow in Game of Thrones. You know, they'll finally cut my braid off whenever the Raptors lose. <laughs> ah, yeah, like so, in uh, Coming to America as well, where he goes in there and gets it cut. Was, it, was that your wife or uh, Isla put that in there for you? Excuse me, Lee. I hand braided this myself. Please, oh, man. Oh, he doesn't on. have to ask his come wife on. to put his hair in a ponytail. For no, him, like no but it's a braid. It's a braid. It's not like. Uh, oh, it looks terrible, Lee. It looks so bad. It, yeah. it looks terrible as a braid and it looks terrible as a hairstyle, but it got the win. <laughs> it got the win. I mean, look, I am. Well, how much money do you want me to Venmo you to wear the Bargnani jersey on Friday night, man? Wow, I don't call him for the Bargnani. I was thinking maybe the Abaca. I don't know. No, I don't I know. Want, I want the Bargnani. Number, game seven, number seven. Lowry dominating when you're wearing a seven on your chest. So it's got to be the got to be the camouflage bargs there. The other I'll thing have to that think about it. Yeah, okay. You think. think about it. Um, the other thing, <laughs> wedgie number oh. forty four. Did the wedgie save the? Re- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh oh man. look at that. I think it might have. That's when it was looking bleak there for the Raps. And then uh, Jalen Brown sticks wedgie number 44 on the ear taps, and uh, things started to go the Raptors' way a little bit. It may, it may save the season, the wedgie, but the wedgie gods. A nice, clear wedgie as well. Very clean. You got to see it from our angle. Uh, a three-point shot. You see the arc. You watch it. You admire that thing, and then it sticks in between the rim and the backboard. Yeah, 44. It's a nice number. I like the number 44. Mm, uh, so even, even, I don't know, it's just... I, I guess I just like the same number beside each other. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, you know, we don't have a lot of series left. We don't have a lot of games left. Uh, so even if we end on 44, it's nice. It's a, it's a, it's a nice, real nice ending here to the, uh, the wedgie season, which looked bleak because of all the games we missed. So big stuff. Big stuff from Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's shot. 
it's very hit or miss right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's it's all over the place. It, it can be money. He can look like he is going to go on a streak for six or seven in a row, and then uh, all of a sudden it's it's off left right. Uh, so the Celtics, I don't know. It just feels like they should be able to come through in situations like that. That was two minutes left in the fourth quarter or so, two thirty, I think, and. Uh, I, I, as a Raptors fan, maybe maybe I'm flying back. You know, as a Raptors supporter, flying back to the the feeling that you mentioned there earlier, Skeets, where it just felt like, okay, no, this is it. This, we're done here. Uh, it, it, it looks like bang, bang, bang. It's happening. Uh, but yeah, this guy's just didn't come through. Uh, it's it's just that's the only way to put it. You can complain about fouls and all that, but uh, they just didn't hit buckets at the end there when the Raps also were not hitting buckets. Yeah, throw some ice on your legs and get ready for Friday, says Brad Stevens. Um, <laughs> Toronto did have a respectable three-point shooting night, um, 40%, 19 for 47 overall, but then Tatum Smart and Jalen Brown, who was on fire in the first half. I thought Jalen Brown was going for 40 in this game. They combined to make 14 threes, and they scored 83 points. It was Kemba, of course, having the rough night uh, for the Celtics. So, Every, I guess, road team has won in this series, uh, which is strange. Do we want to make a quick prediction uh, right now for Game 7? Do you want to just save it for tomorrow's show and really get into it? Maybe we'll just save it because we're running long here already, but... What an unbelievable game. And that's on the short list for, uh, you know, the Celtics are obviously a, a storied franchise and have played in millions upon millions of, it feels like, uh, playoff games and have their big moments and stuff like that. But the Raptors, I mean, this is on the this is on the short list tasks. I mean, it's it's really, what, I guess, uh, Bucks. I mean, Game 7 versus the Sixers and uh, Game 3, the double overtime game versus the Bucks to save their season. Um, maybe even Game 3 from this series. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, it's... That's uh, just the best best games in Raptors Yeah, history. like best or like most thrilling, I guess. Yeah, for, for mm. the most part. Yeah. The, the thrillers, yeah. You yeah. got to throw in game six versus the Warriors just because it's... You know, yeah, sure. They won the ship. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I don't... Yeah, it it's definitely gets thrown in there for sure. And I, and I like how, uh, even though I mentioned game six, even though Kyle Lowry did a great job in that game and helped them win the championship, obviously, this run without Kawhi Leonard is is invoking a lot of... This guy is a Hall of Famer amongst the people in the bubble, yep. amongst everybody at home, just because he is the leader. And this was his piece de resistance for sure. And this, <laughs> oh, this, this, oh, this, oh, yeah. it, it was. Uh, it, it's it's starting to separate him from Kawhi Leonard a little bit, and, and just to give himself some, yeah, uh, you know, his own credit, his own credit. This guy's thirty four, uh, and he's playing his best playoff basketball. It, it, you know, you mentioned Demar Derozan. From the ages of 20 to 30, he was ridiculed. And sort of Kyle Lowry was kind of thrown in that mix as well. And oh, yeah. Those now, first couple of playoff series, Kyle was like the biggest villain in Raptors history there. For a while. <laughs> yeah. He was basically you know, Eric Bledsoe. He was. Remember when they, you know, when they, they lost to uh, Brooklyn in seven and then they got swept by the Wizards? It was like Kyle just can't perform in the playoffs. Yeah. That's like all of a sudden now, that's a million miles away from where he is right now. Totally. It's like. Every single time the Raptors needed a big play, it seems to be Kyle's going to have to do it. Uh, you think he's so, going to? Yeah. You think he's going to flop during his Hall of Fame speech? <laughs> On the stairs the going up, and just wakes up. <laughs> we'll see. We'll uh, see. He's going to get in though. Oh my what goodness! Game seven, Friday night again, nine p.m. They're flipping these starts. They want that game seven in the, I guess, sort of super prime time spot for the at least people on the West Coast. So nine o'clock on Friday night. 
Um, we will be back on Saturday morning, by the way. We're locking that in to uh, be recapping Game 7. What are you laughing about there? <laughs> the game might not be over by Saturday morning. It may not. Oh, <laughs> Those last two minutes, it's jabby time. We might have to launch a new last two minutes podcast because there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. Oh, Maybe goodness. we go Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> Live refs podcast. Live at 4 a.m. just as yeah. the game finishes. Yeah. All right. Five overtimes. All right. We'll talk about, uh, we'll make our predictions for Game 7 on tomorrow's podcast. Gear up for that one all right the other game from yesterday uh we won't go as long on this one Kawhi and the clippers beat the nuggets 96 85 they take the 3-1 series lead trey the clippers one win away from their franchise's first ever trip to the western conference finals but uh what do you think about this game and and uh you know the nuggets chances of still staying alive here you talk about a game that's hard to keep track of what happened how about this one it happened. Uh, what else? <laughs> Literally, this was a boring yeah. game. Kawhi Leonard had 30 points, but the Nuggets only scored 85. Yeah. That's the whole game right there. The Nuggets could not figure out a way to score in the second half against the Clippers. It, feel, it felt like every uh, highlight package that you saw was the Clippers just making it impossible for Jamal Murray to get any sort of daylight, and the Nuggets were kind of trying to win the game on their own rather than playing together in the second half, I thought, and that's why the story coming out of this one is Michael Porter Jr. saying, you need to get me more shots. That is the biggest news out of this. You know, I think he had 15 points uh, in the first half. He ended up with 15. And he was basically saying, there's more people on here than Jokic and Jamal Murray. Basically saying, give me the ball. Which, you know, maybe that would help, but it probably doesn't matter. To me, this one is over unless the Clippers just decide not to play very hard in Game 5. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, he was asked, Porter was asked, what did they do differently on you in the second half? And he just said, I just didn't touch the ball. They didn't do anything differently. And uh, he sort of even doubled down a little bit. I'll talk to Coach Malone about it. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, get me some looks, because uh, he scored, like he said, all of his points in the first half. Uh, you know, he I did, guess in one did. way you I'll want jump, to hear I'll that from in. the rook. Can yeah, I jump in there? He yeah. did. He did sort of elaborate and say, against this team, you can't be predictable, and you need yeah. other guys to to take part because Jokic and Murray are our stars. But we do need more touches. So there was, even though you don't usually see something like that in a playoff game. You don't read headlines like these. These are regular. That's a regular season headline. Guy right. needs more shots. Uh, he did. I'll you know offer a little bit more than that. You go. You can go ahead now. No, I, I mean, throw I actually, I don't mind it. I mean, I like that. If this guy is going to be one of your stars for the future, okay. I mean, you got a lot of things to work on out there, as we've talked about. You're uh, brutal defensively, so in the off season, put some work in on that end. But hey, he's maybe not wrong. Um, you know, they're obviously have completely bottled up Jamal Murray Lee. I mean, he's he can't get anything. I think a lot of credit needs to go to Paul George, though we can't do that anymore because everybody <laughs> sort of hates Paul George. And he did it to himself, let's be honest, a little bit. But he does deserve some love here for his defensive effort, just taking Jamal Murray out of a lot of these games, in my opinion. And the Clippers, D as totality, you know, holding them to under 40%. Three shot clock violations, I think. I mean, you don't see that all that often. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but what do you think about Porter's comments and, and, and what Paul George is doing on Jamal? Yeah, Porter is a young guy and he's kind of like, hey, how come I'm not getting shots when our second star is struggling a little bit and he's out there on the court for 34 minutes. So you understand that. But uh, I think ultimately this game was the Clippers offense wasn't super in this game itself, but their defense just is too good for the Nuggets and the Nuggets weren't able to really break it down because it wasn't a high scoring game and the Clippers didn't shoot that well. But when you've got guys like Paul George, who, who knows what Jamal Murray is capable of, he saw him go for 50 in that other series. 
So he sort of takes on that challenge and is like, he's not going to do it against me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Clippers' defense is pretty strong. So, yeah, this this game was uh, was one where the Clippers were like, we can really just take a control of this series right here. And if we can shut down their offense, our offense doesn't need to be super, super as long as they're not scoring freely and in transition. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how Porter Jr. responds to this because um, we know he's kind of a guy who's not afraid to say what he's feeling mm-hmm. and thinking. Um, but also when you're a young guy, sometimes you just have to understand that that's the way it goes, That's especially in the playoffs. That's just the way it is. You have to learn. You have to earn those shots and those minutes, and to some degree he has, but uh, when you have a game where you don't get them, it's not great to be publicly sort of criticizing your teammates and your coach, which he was in a not in a completely emotional way, but he's, he's having shots at his coaches there, and uh, yeah. that's not ideal. Right. What do you Go ahead, Tess. Well, PG... Uh... I don't think anyone has ever called somebody trying to get around a screen smooth, but Paul George, everything he does is smooth, even yep. chasing Jamal Murray around screens. He just doesn't, he never overexerts himself. I, I, he know, Jamal Murray knows that Paul George is right there, even though Nikola Jokic in that big body that everyone's calling skinny these days uh, sets a huge pick. Uh, Paul George somehow oh. slyly sneaks around it, and, he, and Jamal Murray... I, I, to me, that's his only real bit of daylight in this series. He's got to use that tiny, tiny slice of daylight he gets right there and, and fire away. Uh, but Paul George and you know the bigger body that he is over Jamal Murray, you know the, the five inches he has or whatever he has, uh, I guess that's a little less. But he's right there. He knows that that length is right there. Oh and, yeah. And, and he never, never gets caught on a screen. And he's finishing the job for the the Clippers there on every possession. He's he's starting to play like Paul George, even though you know the offense is afloat in and out. Uh, but he's had a big game uh, in this series, so uh, it feels like uh, the Nuggets will be going home to their families after uh, after Game Five. And and I'll add this in here: if I heard on the broadcast correctly, Michael Porter Jr.'s dad is in the building there. Mm-hmm. Uh, players obviously can bring family members. If I heard it correctly, the Denver Nuggets only have one family member. All the players only have only one family member, and that's Michael Porter Jr.'s dad. Nobody else brought family. Is that? Oh, hmm. they made that decision as a team. Oh, I don't. I don't know. I have no idea what it was. But that's what uh, that's what whoever was on the broadcast said. Oh, that's crazy. Know. No wonder okay. Michael Malone's upset. He's like, we could have all these people here, and I don't get to have my wife. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Unless I heard it wrong, but that was that was strange. Um, but you're right. Paul George is. I think he's the best guy in the league at getting around a screen. He's like water. He just like mm-hmm. like morphs his body. Like he is so damn smooth. He just can somehow like mold around them and then still contest the shot or stay close enough to a shooter like Jamal Murray. Um, what do you think from this? Anyone else like that wants anything to add? The only thing I will say is like the Clippers a little bit because they're going to be going on to play play the Lakers likely starting to unlock Montrez Harrell and Lou Williams a little bit, right? Uh, you know, there was a little flashes I saw in this game where I was like, oh, oh, okay, these guys, yeah. Yeah, these were the regular season contributors. That's your sixth man of the year in Montrez, and Lou, of course, has done it millions of times. They, they just started to look a little bit more comfortable to me. I don't know if they had just getting their legs back a little bit because they were so late to this game here down there in the bubble or just have figured out the nugget spacing a little bit more, but that's huge for them, I think. They need to be players in a Lakers series. Yeah, Kawhi, 30-11-9, uh, 4-2, no problem. Paul George is going to be hit or miss offensively, but you know he's going to bring it defensively. They need those guys to help um, in, a, in a, what should be an amazing series versus the Lakers. So that's good news, I think, for the Clips, um, unless you guys uh, disagree with me and I, maybe I'm reaching a little <laughs> bit, trying to find something from this game. But 
I don't know. It stuck out a little bit after I, I watched that one this morning. I, I was mm. exhausted last night. Yeah, I did the morning watch. So maybe uh, maybe I saw something I did. Maybe a little crust in my eyes. Didn't have my coffee. Would have nice, been a nice to have my coffee outside. I should have done that on the porch. <laughs> That's where I have my I can have my coffee right here. Yes. Watch basketball games. <laughs> That's what I would say on Mediterranean Life. I think that's what the show's called. Oh, yeah, I could watch a basketball game here in the morning. Yeah, the full highlights, maybe. even. Yeah, right here. I would always say that. Uh, all right. So, yeah, it doesn't look good for the Nuggets. But uh, they got back in that game. They were down big. Tied it up, I guess, at one mm-hmm. point in the third quarter, and then the Clippers just went on a massive run again and buried them. So we'll see if they can uh, survive another game and make us a game six, or will it be over in five? We'll find out soon enough. Okay, let's take a quick break. Now is the time to celebrate, because football is back. Woo! And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you in the center of this weekend's action with over $8 million. Still not a typo, yep. $8 million up for grabs across all of their contests. To kick off the season, DraftKings is giving new users a free shot at a $1 million top prize with your first deposit when you use code MAYS, M-A-Y-S, during sign-up. And while you're at it, check out the Athletic Football Show with Robert Mays. Get in on the DraftKings action now. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. And take it from a guy like me, who's always sweaty when it comes to these shows. Every day when we're recording these shows, I'm a little sweaty. Although today, just worked on my hand muscles, my finger muscles like I'm Kawhi. Wow. Ready for, I'm oh, ready man. for football. Just, you can see the bulging muscles. Yeah. All I worked out with, three body parts. Wrist, yep. palm, yep. fingers. Nice. I, got, I also have sticky grip all over my hands. Did I you do am, it in the bathroom by yourself? Oh, come on now. <laughs> Sorry. Come on now. Just, hey, I don't know. Hey, 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 Training hey, hey. regimen? Yeah. No, just the grip. I'm ready. I'm ready to catch things. It's football season, Ski. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Put a little stick on there. Let's go. No doubt. No doubt. Oh. Uh, I, can't, I can't let go of this mic now. I've got stick on my hands. Uh, every run, pass, and catch means more with a DraftKings lineup. It's simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the game quite like having a shot at a million-dollar top prize. It's true. DraftKings has paid out billions of dollars to winners since 2012, so they know a thing or two about cold, hard cash. Download the DraftKings app now and use code MAZE. M-A-Y-S. For a limited time, new users can get a free shot at the $1 million top prize and compete for over $8 million in prizes across all contests. Don't miss this extra special week one bonus. Enter code MAYS to get a free shot at the $1 million top prize with your first deposit. That's code MAYS, M-A-Y-S, only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Yeah, NFL back tonight is mm. uh, the first game of the season. Texans versus Chiefs, Lee. Mm. Who do you like? Who do you like, man? Ah, uh, man. I, I think the last time I watched a football game, Randall Cunningham was still the uh, <laughs> quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Wow. Uh, wow. Is he still playing? I don't think so. I think no. uh, Patrick <laughs> Mahomes is the new Randall Cunningham, yeah. mate. Yeah, you is would that, like that, uh, the Chiefs, is, yeah. Is that what they say, is it? Is he? Throwing yeah. bombs and running runs. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Ah. That's exactly what Mays says. My homie, Pat Mahomes. Is that the sure. mate? Yeah, yep. I don't know. Mm, okay. <laughs> sure. Uh, anyway, game's on. So you won't, you won't be watching. You won't be watching. God, no. Oh, man. Well, we got one basketball game on tonight, mate. I know, yeah. but that's all I need right now. Last night, I was emotionally drunk after the Raptors game. And, like, <laughs> like you try to turn into that next game, and 
I, I guess in some ways it's good that it wasn't quite as intense because right. like to go from one and then straight back into it is tough, mate. You do, you need to just like oh god, give me a break here, you know. But especially especially like when it goes to overtime and then double overtime, and you're like oh my god, if they lose this going this far, I'm just it's going to be devastating. But well, uh, and that's the other thing too, right? It makes it more difficult for the second game. It's like. They were done the first quarter, right? By the time we uh, got to it on ESPN. I was like, oh, okay, what did we even miss here? Um, yeah, okay. So you're not going to be watching the Texans Chiefs tonight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get to the up-down report. Preparing your tubies. It's the up-down report. Yeah. Time for the up-down report. Throw some thumbs on some topics here. Thumbs up or thumbs down. Ask you to play along in the YouTube chat or uh, on Twitter at NoDunkSync. First one, according to multiple sources, Rockets forward Daniel House Jr.'s status for the remainder of the Western Conference semifinals is in jeopardy as the NBA probes a potential violation of campus protocol. So House has denied any violation on a matter that has this league probing his activity within the team hotel. We know that he didn't leave the campus. So you can remove that from the equation here. House was a late scratch for Houston's Game 3 loss to the Lakers because the Rockets called it personal reasons. Uh, Woj's sources say that there's no indication that the league will allow him to play tonight in Game 4. Obviously a huge game for the Rockets trying to tie this up. He's been great for them. We talked about that after Game 3. Like, man, they were really missing House. So I know we're like still learning the details of all of this. What's going on here, Tass? But are you up or down on just the chances of House playing in this series again? Yeah, it's really impossible to say when you don't know why the heck he's being held out of games. <laughs> we have uh, an idea, though. Yeah, we, we do. We do. We'll get to yeah. that in a sec. But I'm okay. sort of down on the NBA's handling of this because, as you said, he's first out of Game 3 for personal reasons. Mm-hmm. He's out for violating a rule. That's why he's out. And so there's a, a lack of transparency True. here. It just it really stinks for Rockets fans uh, because he is a key player to their team. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so you, so it has to be reporting, you know, via ESPN here that uh, that he violated something. And the league is reporting to be contemplating a ten day violation. Also, Tyson Chandler, their vet. Their old man was also held out for personal reasons. So that still hmm. hasn't been uh, uh, dug up quite yet. So the question is, what the heck did he do? And uh, according to Yahoo Sports, he allegedly allowed a female COVID-19 testing official into his hotel room. Hmm. 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 So yeah. does that break that that breaks the rules? It, it sure sounds like if that's the case. Right, right, right. Um, depending on what happened there. Uh, it, it just, uh, it's, a, it's a sticky situation there for Daniel House. And I, I don't think, um, it sure seems like we're not going to see him tonight if the, the NBA hasn't figured it out and then right. doesn't, you know, will designate some sort of quarantine period afterwards because it sure seems like uh, he was in contact with somebody that he wasn't allowed to. That's an interesting rule because I don't remember seeing anything in the 122-page um, rule book about coming into contact with somebody who's working there. Uh, so, uh, mm. but you, it, it sort of mm. makes sense that that's a violation. But did it break a rule? I don't know. I don't well, know. Well, yeah. So he doesn't play in game three. That would have been Tuesday night. So he's obviously penalized by the league at that point, right? 
if they're just going to give them what they gave to Bruno and uh, who was it, Rashawn Holmes for breaking mm-hmm. violations uh, in this rule book, that was, I believe, a 10 day quarantine period, right? As the penalty. Um, is he getting that? And are then now the Rockets and the NBA Players Association, along with House, of course, like challenging that? It's, it's, uh, it's, yeah. Where does it say in the rule book that uh, can't happen? And <laughs> is that as severe as like leaving the bubble to get food, like home, stuff like that? So, yeah, we're just going to have to wait to find out more information on this. But yeah, I don't know. I, I guess if I'm putting a thumb on this, Lee, we'll go to you next. But I guess I'm down on his chances, maybe, if the league, you know, digs their heels in here and says, Hey, rules are rules. You're getting the 10-day quarantine, so that would mean you obviously wouldn't be playing. Yeah, I, and I think the league has tried to send that message uh, throughout the bubble, like they did with Rashawn Holmes. Is basically like we can't take any chances right now. So I'm sorry, this is the punishment. That's what it sounds like, because we can kind of speculate as to what went on, but nobody really knows. Uh, but the league, I think, is trying to say, listen, if we start easing up on these things, then what's going to happen? Someone's going to, you know, someone's going to break the uh, the protocol, and it could cause a great breakout and it could end the season. I guess that's the way the NBA is taking it. It's just a zero tolerance policy. So yeah, it's a blow to the Rockets for sure. If he can't oh, play, huge. Um, it's a, it, he's been very, very important to them, but they uh, play like seven guys, six guys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's but I just, guys, I guess yeah. the NBA is just like, I'm sorry, we're not taking any chances. So I sure we'll find out in the next few hours yeah. uh, if, if something happened, but um, you know, this was something like this was kind of bound to happen. I mean, it's hard when people have been in these uh, restrictions for so long. I mean, it's, it's hard to stay disciplined the whole time. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Trey, anything to add? Not much. It's a thumbs down, especially if the stories are true that you would jeopardize your team like this. Because like you guys are saying, Dan Wellhouse is uh, a fairly important piece to the Rockets just because they don't play a whole bunch of guys. He hasn't really been great, I don't think, in the Lakers series, but at least he is able to play usually. Um doesn't look good for him or for the team, though, but the league has to has to do something about uh, any sort of a violation. It's been going perfectly, but we still got another month ahead of us, so them's the rules, unfortunately. Yes, well, I'm sure we'll find out more details and we'll ultimately get the uh, NBA's decision, whether they're a little more uh, lackadaisical with it and say, I don't know, four or five days? Who knows? Who knows? We'll see. All right, next one here. I feel like we're going to be talking about uh, coaches for the next, I don't know, three weeks uh, in every show here, but the latest rumor is that five-time All-Star... Chauncey Billups has emerged as a candidate in the Pacers coaching search. The two parties have recently engaged and are planning to talk further about the job. Like Steve Nash in Brooklyn, Billups has no prior coaching experience, but obviously was an unbelievable floor general. So uh, Trey, we'll start with you. Up or down on Indy going possibly with Coach Billups. Do you like that? Sure, I'm up on it. I'm up on Chauncey Billups finally getting that coaching job. I, You know, he's a high IQ guy. He played both ends of the court. Point guards seem to be pretty good coaches when it uh, when they come to the end of their playing career and they go to the sidelines. But does Chauncey Billups really want to be a coach or a GM or is he just like the uh, headlines when it comes out? Because Chauncey Billups has been a candidate for the Cavs GM. He's been a candidate as the Cavs coach. Pistons GM more than once, Timberwolves GM, Timberwolves coach, Hawks GM, Magic coach. Earlier this summer, Ty Lue was considering bringing him in as an assistant coach wherever he ends up coaching. So I don't know if Chauncey Billups is really going to be taking a job outside of the media, but whenever he does, if he ever decides he really wants to, I think he'll be good at it. Mm, okay, so he maybe just has a great agent. Get his name be. always out there. His name comes out it does. within a week, basically, of every single uh, opportunity out yeah. there. 
Yeah, and I 100% agree with you. I'm thumbs up. I'd like to see him be a coach for sure or a GM, whatever he wants to do. I think he'd probably be pretty good at both of them, but you're right. His name always comes up. It's sort of Kenny Smith-like a little bit, uh, <laughs> though I think Kenny is his own agent in, the, yeah. in those uh, examples. <laughs> well, yeah, I might coach there. Who knows? Uh, but what do you think, Tass? Are you up or down on uh, Billups, maybe an Indy? Would that fit work in theory? In theory, for sure. As Trey said, point guards seem to have it. The guy was a high IQ basketball player. Uh, he also... Uh, I think has the temperament to be a, yeah. a, a coach. You know, he's, he's calm at the same time, fiery when needed. It, mm-hmm. it feels a little like uh, Steve Kerr, even like, uh, you know, the Steve Nash uh, thing going on, like Jake Kidd, like Derek Fisher uh, before him, which obviously didn't end all that well. Uh, some guys get it and some guys don't. Uh, I, I'm with Trey, though. I'm not 100% certain he wants this thing. I just want if he were to get a coaching situation, that the introduction would be like it was for when he was in Detroit. Chauncey Billups, <laughs> the Pacers head coach, as a, <laughs> which would be really weird. Um, but, you know, why the heck not? Sam, you know, no here in the comments with that suggestion. Very, very smart. And yeah, he was uh, he was impressive uh, in the horse competition, as Sam, you know. No, right? Stop bringing up horse. I'm done <laughs> with you bringing every, up horse. Every man. time, every time. We watched so much horse. We did. We did. I Those was were just dark trying days. to get something Those out of it. Very dark, dark days. Um, there's a lot of names, Lee, being thrown around for this uh, for all these obviously coaching mm-hmm. candidacies but but the Pacers specifically there's a huge list I know some of the key names that people would be like oh Dave Yeager who obviously coached with the Kings Becky Hammond's name uh, is in the mix there's tons of assistant coaches uh, that maybe you know will get their first crack at being a full-time uh, head coach but what do you think about Billups uh, as the possibility of a, an HC in this league well two things as always it comes down to the talent of the roster that he's going to be coaching and there's some pretty nice pieces there in Indiana but of course the big question is what they do with Victor Oladipo and how good is he because I think as a point guard coach to go into have a, a situation where you've got Victor Oladipo out there it's like can those two connect? Billups was a pretty popular player. He used to get along well with his teammates. So I think the, uh, that that's a good connection to have. But is Oladipo a part of the future? I'm not sure. Sabonis was an all-star this season. He didn't play in the bubble, of course. And Miles Turner has talent and potential. So can uh, Chauncey unlock that and get the best out of him? That'll be the, the ultimate question there for him. So I think it's a matter of time before Chauncey gets a job. It's just uh, which one is the best one for him and which one does he want the most, really? Yeah. Because... Um, I think if uh, if if they're interested in him and he wants to go to Indiana, then I think it's probably going to be a pretty quick deal. Yeah, and I think uh, was it Woj in that article has pointed out that the Pacers have done this before with former players, right? That had no coaching experience, but giving them the reins. Larry Bird, Isaiah Thomas, and potentially right. now Chauncey Billups. There's actually a bit of a pressure with this Indiana coaching uh, spot I think like you come in there like you listed all the guys like they've got talent they're obviously a playoff team and now it's like trying to get them to the next level and can somebody do that um, you know there's expectations I think there right I mean sure. it's, it's not just get into the playoffs it's not just develop guys it's uh, hey go win some playoff series I think that would probably be the baseline so yeah whoever takes this job is going to have to uh, and, and we'll have the talent to maybe do that but it's not going to be easy mm-hmm. I don't think by any means so let's hear from you guys on that one final one According to Bleacher Report, Doris Burke will call the conference finals and NBA finals for ESPN Radio. She'll be the first woman to serve as a game analyst on a radio or network TV broadcast that far into the playoffs. So she's going to be doing ESPN Radio, conference finals, and finals. Up or down, Lee, on Doris's achievement here? Uh, down because she should be in the TV booth. She should be the Bingo. color commentator. Um, I don't know. see why ESPN wouldn't do that right now. Credit to Mark Jackson. 
and Jeff Van Gundy for what they've achieved, but it's time to move on from those two guys and get Doris in there. She is the best color commentator in the business, and she should be next to Mike Breen. His pin radio is, is big, but it's not anywhere near the same platform right. as being on the TV. So uh, fantastic, obviously, for Doris. She's a pioneer. She's a trailblazer. But this is not where she should be. She should be in the booth there next to Mike Breen. And uh, I'm sort of like, I'm like, oh, it's it's in some ways to me, honestly, we're not going to see her at all on the TV. So it's a relegation in that sense. Mm. She's not even going to be on the sidelines. That's going to be Rachel Nichols who's doing that, which is great, of course, to see Rachel again out there. But I want to hear Doris Burke in the finals and I don't listen to ESPN radio. So I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to hear it. So right. I'm disappointed to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. You're not going to simulcast it, mate. You're not going to listen to uh, the radio broadcast like a true boomer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> listening to the radio broadcast of a show on TV. That's a classic yeah. move right there. Yeah. But yeah. I'm with you, Lee. I would love to have her be the, the color commentator for um, the NBA Finals as well on TV. You know, she. it seems like she's trending every single time. She calls a game. Everybody loves her knowledge. And she loves watching basketball and talking about basketball. She really likes the NBA, which doesn't always come true <laughs> with everybody else that's on the right. broadcast. That's a great mm-hmm. point. Uh, what do you think, Tash? I, I, I assume you, you feel the same way. 100%. When I saw the headline, I assumed that she would be on television. So did I. I got excited as well. I was like, oh, yeah, all right. Yeah. That's that's great. And then you're like, oh, hold on. <laughs> There's a radio on the end of that. <laughs> no offense to radio fans out there. Also, <laughs> decent movie, sure. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> no, no, I wasn't as pumped. You're right after you read yeah. the, the fine print there. Yeah. I mean, remember when she told Steve Javi to f*** off on yeah, the, I live on air? It was awesome. We could use I mean, more of that. Uh, Javi's going to be running wild in the finals. But that's they, exactly, that's what we really need is like Doris to say, Steve, that is a bullshit call and you know it. Um, because it actually is, is true. It's not like there's no sort of PC-ness there, which is what we need. Uh, but also Doris, you know, analytically, she's much better than she's better. Jeff, Van, Jeff Van Gundy <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and Mike, Mark Jackson. Because Jeff Van Gundy, you know, is just going to start complaining. And then Mark Jackson just going to say credit to the, credit to the, give the man credit. Oh man, it looks like we've got a game here. It's great. It's like, come on, man, bring some energy. Bring I, exactly. Some energy. I think, Lee, I think, sorry, Trey knocked it out of the park there with that, that comment. Like she loves, you can tell it comes across on the broadcast how much she loves this. And that's important. Honestly, I, it really mm. gets lost sometimes with some of these guys that are curmudgeons on the call. I mean, Look, I'm sure they're just as exhausted down there. They've been in the bubble for a long time, but come on. Like, but Jeff Van Gundy's be been like that for years. So. I know. That's his yeah. bit. I get yeah. it for sure. <laughs> I mean, why, okay, why not this? Would anyone be opposed to, like, let's say in the finals, why can't it be Doris for game one, Van Gundy for game two, whatever, like Jackson for game three? Do we need the same crew every game? I, I get why it's maybe beneficial at times, but... Is it? Maybe it's more exciting. Like, oh, yeah, this is the Breen game, you know, stuff like that. Or not <laughs> yeah, Breen, this is the Burke coaches game. Yeah. Just, uh, coaches don't want to go away from their rotation in the playoffs. Right. But sometimes you got to ride the hot mic. Yeah, and she's been it on fire. You're right. She's always trending, saying something hilarious or something, of course, insightful or at least bringing energy. So, all right, we're just, we're, look, congratulations. She's making history again. But, yeah, ultimately, it thumbs down on that because we'd like to see her on the yeah. ESPN actual broadcast on television. And I, and I often forget who's doing the the finals and who's doing the conference finals, ABC, obviously, blah, blah, blah. I assumed when I read the headline as well, she was going to get the finals. Gone as, further, as far as a 
quote unquote woman has gone I thought it would be the finals because yeah she is an incredible commentator I think you guys are riding the other commentators a little bit hard I think they add stuff to the game at the same time me me reading this headline was like my expectation going into watching radio skeets uh, real high at the beginning, and then I watched the movie. Nah, it wasn't that great. Yeah, I, I I completely lied for the joke. I've never seen radio, <laughs> but you say it's not that great, eh? No, it's not as Cuba Gooding as I thought it was. Yeah. Uh, that, that's for sure. But uh, one comment uh, that we received: um, mm-hmm. you've got a new dog, Skeets. Yeah. Are you going to call it Doris Bark? I saw that. Uh, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no. no, we've decided on Luna. It seems to be uh, working well with the dog. You know, when I tell nice. people, people go, oh, that's not bad. Or they say, oh, that's a very cute name. So Luna, she looks like a Luna. It's working out well. We're going with Luna. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit of a rough night. Rough uh, night with Luna last night. Um, she's doing really, really well in the potty training after one day. We've had her 24 hours, a little bit more. She's doing fantastic on the potty training. Crate training, you know, nighttime, um, that didn't go as smoothly. Uh, so we'll see how night two goes. But uh, we'll get there. She's a young pup. Got a lot of energy. It's going great. I don't regret this at all. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love her. 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 All right. We got tweet of the night still. We'll get you set for uh, today's game. But first, a word from our sponsors. So, I'm trimming my pubes the other day. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) Get into it, JD. (laughs) Using the awesome Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 with ceramic blade and skin-safe technology, and as I'm clipping away, Mm -hmm. not quite to the skin, Lee, more of a a Marc Gasol home haircut job. Uh... But anyways, I, uh, I removed enough hair so I could see my feet for the first time in a while. And as my toes came into view, I realized just how gross they'd become. Oh, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm a, uh, I'm a pedicure guy. Pre-pandemic, I just hit the salon, get my feet done as, long as, uh, as well as a couple of spots on my bod waxed. But uh, now I'm on my own. And I, uh, I've been doing a complete hack job on my toenails. But then, <laughs> then I remembered the Shears 2.0 luxury four-piece nail kit that came with my perfect package 3.0. It has tempered stainless steel tools, slashed tipped sw- tweezers. Wow, that's hard to say. <laughs> Rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file that's key long story short if i ever leave my house again i won't be wearing socks on the beach like snoop dog <laughs> like snoopy like, Sno- like snoopy <laughs> socks on the beach worst cocktail ever by the way <laughs> get 20 percent off and free shipping with code the athletic 20 that's the number 20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code THEATHLETIC20. Take your grooming game to the next level. What, so what do you think's in a socks on the beach? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, vinegar. <laughs> Cheese. <laughs> a little sweat. A little bit, yeah, and sweat. Oh, man. Okay, good stuff, good stuff. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm. 
Tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. Oh, just a little quick taste here for Tweet of the Night. It comes from Yahoo Sports' William Liu, who tweets out a picture along with the caption, Most intense game of the year. And Kyle Lowry is doing this, LMAO. <laughs> Sticking his finger inside of Jason Tatum's uh, his armband with 0.7 seconds left in a two-overtime game six in the playoffs. How do you think to do this, period, uh, let alone yeah. in a series where you won a game with 0.5 seconds left, something could still happen out there, right, right. and you're messing with a guy's wristband. Incredible. <sighs> what a guy. What a what guy. A guy. Hall of, put him in the Hall of Fame just for that. Yeah. <laughs> right? Put that finger in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's a great, great tweet of the night there. I was, I was hoping that was going to be in the mix. Shout out to William Liu. Oh, incredible work he's doing. He's doing like a recap podcast after every Raptors game uh, and doing a phenomenal job. So go check that out. All right, Tass, one game on? Is that right? Just one game tonight. Yeah, our first night of the playoffs here with only one game as the teams dwindle down. Yeah, Lakers, Houston, 2-1. to The Lakers lead this series. This is game four on TNT. It's a 7 o'clock Eastern start. Oh, Mm-hmm. Do you think? Do you believe that? Is that a real seven starter? Is that like? Are we getting a, a thirty minute pregame even, or, or a twenty minute pregame? Yeah, I, I, it seems like on. Uh, I know you guys are uh, have cut the cord, uh, you you youngsters. <laughs> yeah. But uh, on my old television guide, <laughs> uh, they uh, they pop in a seven o'clock to seven ten pregame. So okay. I know it ain't starting for at least ten minutes. It's really weird. I got a show for 10 minutes uh, and then a new show starts. So I watch uh, the last two minutes of uh, The Closer or whatever at 6.58. But get a quick shot of Bones in. And then uh, 10 games of pregame of the guys. And then Lakers-Houston. Okay. I, and I know a lot of faith has been uh, has been uh, you know, dwindling from the, the Rockets' perspective. But what do you guys think? Can they bounce back? And what will it take for them to bounce back? What do you think, Trey? Well, it looks like Bob Covington is playing, so that's yes. good for uh, the Rockets. He's been pretty solid for them in the playoffs, I think. Oh, yeah. uh, no house, obviously, it seems like. Um, I don't know. It just feels to me like the Lakers have this figured out. You know, LeBron has been a great big guy in this series. Anthony Davis has also been pretty solid, and I just don't think uh, that the Rockets are going to be able to get enough stops, but there's always the three-point shooting factor. If the Lakers are cold from the outside and the Rockets are hot, that can be a win for Houston. Ultimately, give me LA. Okay, wow. Yeah, their season's on the line. Uh, the Rocket season's on the line. What's the over-under for Rondo points tonight? What are we setting that at? 11 and 11, a half. yeah. I was going to say 10 and a half, so yeah, okay. Man, can he do it again? I don't know. <laughs> That's honestly, I, I know I sound like a broken record with this series, but for the Rockets to win this, yes, it'd be nice if they hit the three ball. It'd be nice if you get a good rust game. He's not turning it over. You know, Harden's getting his, but... It's just take away the other Lakers, guys. Um, you know, take away Kuzma, take away Rondo, take away, you know, whoever the random three-point shooter is on that night, be it a Danny Green or a Casey Pierce or something. If you let AD and LeBron cook, it's just not going to add up enough. They're not going to get there. I'm convinced. So just take away the other guys. Really, really focus on doing a good job there, and you might be able to win this. So it's the Rockets' season on the line. If they're going to make this uh, series go six or seven, they have to win tonight, in my opinion. And I think they can. I think they can. Um, I, I don't think they're going to go down without a fight. So I'll go Rockets. I'll go Rockets to make things very, very interesting. Um, what do you think, Lee? 
I think the Lakers saw the Clippers go 3-1 up last night and LeBron knows that tonight could be the night where they just uh, put it out of reach for the Rockets too. So I think LeBron knows. Fair point. This is the one. This is let's just take care of business tonight. The Rockets will play probably a good 36 minutes because they've done that a couple of times in this series, but can they do it for 48? Uh, that's that's going to be the key for them. And if those threes are raining down, they're a chance. But when they're not, and if they're not for the critical part, then the Rockets are in trouble. So I think the Lakers uh, take it tonight. Tass, what do you think, man? Yeah, I'm taking the Lakers. It's just such a bad sign that we're here in the second round and every time the Rockets play, we get into the second half and the the common lingo, the narrative is, oh, these guys look tired. And it looks true. And the way they play uh, with you know relying on just a couple guys, I think it, it will be true and they need to play for 48 minutes. Uh, and it's not happening right now, especially with their short rotation, especially with Daniel House out. And I'm don't know how much of a better game you can get from Russell Westbrook. 30 points, uh, 8 and 6 in game number 3 on incredible shooting. Harden played great too. Do not have faith uh, in the Rockets. I thought this would be a longer series, but it just seems like the Lakers can turn it on and and squash it whenever they want. So it's going to be shorter than I thought it was, in my opinion. We need to see a huge, huge Eric Gordon type of game, I think, for the Rockets if they're going to make this uh, tied up at two games apiece. Let's hear from you guys out there. Send in your questions and comments to nodunksatthealthletic.com for our next Beach Steppin' Podcast. Like I said, we dropped one yesterday, so go download and listen to that. It was a lot of fun. Subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Appreciate that. Hit that notification button so you know when we're going live. Grab your No Dunks merch at nodunks.com. We're working on a new t-shirt right now, so keep your eyes out for that one. And if you listen to the podcast on iTunes, leave your boys a five-star rating and review. really helps in terms of rankings. All right, let's call it there. Fun show. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, every time I tune into TNT before the game starts, I never know what show I'm watching. I, I don't. And the, show's end, the show ends and then the game starts. So somebody in the comments just said, bring back Bones. And I thought, oh, did Bones go off the air? Maybe, are they t- <laughs> I thought I'd been watching Bones. <laughs> are they talking about Brent Barry? Uh, I'm not sure. Man, I, I probably won't find out. Embrace the day, people.